0: Hey there, it's Michelle Pilpich. I am a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and your host of this podcast, Simply Intuitive. On the show, we are talking about all things intuitive eating, active living, and breaking down what's true versus what's a myth in the wellness world so that you can focus on simple and sustainable ways to actually improve your health. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the health information floating around and you just want to know what to do to feel your best, you're in the right place. Not only are specific tips coming your way, but you can also count on conversations that will challenge your perspective on what health really means. So I hope you'll stick around for many episodes to come, but for now, let's get into today's show. Hello, it's Michelle and it is just Michelle today. And if you are listening to this, I truly cannot tell you how happy I am that you are listening because I have been anything but consistent with this podcast. I'm so back and forth about like, do I even want to have it? Because honestly, I feel like an imposter. Um, Half the time I'm like, this is so great. It's a chance to expand more on topics that I like to talk about. It's a chance to help people for free, give people this content that is more long form, just have deeper conversations, connect with other people, blah, 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 all these things. And I'm like, it's great. Plus I enjoy being a guest on podcasts. So why not do it? So fun. And then half the time I'm like, who am I to have a podcast? Nobody wants to listen to me. What do I even have to say that's interesting? I can't even be consistent with it. Is this going to do anything to benefit anybody? And, you know, it just gets worse and spirals down from there. So, if you're listening, I appreciate it more than you know. And I want to know if you're listening. I um listen to my friend Alana's podcast. Life in Progress. She has two podcasts. That's why that's why I pause. Um, she has a dating podcast called Seeing Other People, and then her and her friend Carly Silverman have a podcast called Life in Progress. And they always ask people to DM them a monkey. I'm just realizing now I have never done it. Um, but like if they're listening to DM a monkey so that they can see, oh, people are actually listening to this. And I should because I listen, but I haven't, so now I'm going to. If you're listening to this, send me a DM. I should come up with something. I'm literally scrolling through emojis right now um, to pick one. Maybe just like DM me any food emoji and I will know that that means you listened to the podcast. DM me an ice cream cone because that's a cute emoji. Um, no, no, no. A cupcake, a cupcake. DM me a cupcake emoji if you are listening so that I know that you're listening because I want to know that I'm not alone just talking into the void here. Um, Okay. So what I want to talk about today is your challenges. I put out a question on my Instagram story asking, what are your biggest challenges right now with health and wellness? And I got some responses. And so I want to talk about those and give you my insight into those challenges, what I would suggest, how you can deal with these things, and just a bit of my take. So We're going to dive into that. I'm just pulling up the screenshot I have of them and let's get started. So first one was injuries while training for races. So a lot of these are running focused. Well, not all of them actually. I shouldn't say that. Um, They're kind of all over the place. Running, meal prep, Um, guilt and judgment around food choices, weight, hunger, fullness, all sorts of things. So stay tuned, even if you're not a runner. The first one is injuries while training for races. And I don't know the full picture of what this person is talking about, but something that comes up often with many of my clients, with friends, with myself is the fact that it's challenging to take time off from running when you get injured. And that can be challenging for a variety of reasons. It might be hard for someone because maybe that relationship with running is a bit unhealthy and it feel it creates a lot of guilt when you take time off and there's fear of losing fitness, of gaining weight, of a changing body, all of that stuff. Um it can be a social outlet for a lot of people. I know it is for me. I love going to run clubs and seeing friends and so losing all of that social time can be challenging and it's just a a stress release, you know, in a way to like let out pent up energy and get out of the house, get out of your workspace, whatever it is, and just kind of blow off steam. So it is healthy in these ways, aside from the whole unhealthy relationship with it, um, But we also need to know how to cope when we don't have access to that. I always tell my clients, yes, exercise is a stress reliever. It is a positive coping mechanism, and it cannot be the only one for this exact reason because sometimes we just don't have access to it. When you're injured, sometimes you need a complete break. And I talked about this with Vicki Conroy on a previous episode that I will link in the show notes. Um, She shared about her experience pulling out of the New York City Marathon and how she coped with that. So definitely go listen to that. But if you're in a place where you're taking time away from running and it's feeling challenging, what I would say to you are a couple of things. One, this is a great time to do some work on body image. If those fears are coming up of having too much downtime, too much rest time, what's it going to do to your weight, to your body, to your fitness level, really take this time to dig into some body image work work with a dietitian if you're not. I have a course um, called Body Image Bootcamp that has tons of body image resources that I will also link for you. I also have a, a free download, my top 10 body image tips that I will link for you. But this is the time to really think about like, okay, how am I relating to my body? What are the beliefs that I have If my body does change, what do I think will happen? Do I have evidence for those things? Is it actually true? And how can I be kind to my body no matter what? Figure out what am I treating as conditional? You know, Am I only allowing myself to eat certain things or only allowing myself to eat a certain amount because I exercise and because I run? And when I take away that running, can I still give myself permission for what I want? And There's a lot of fear that like, well, then I'm going to be eating too much because I'm not exercising. But that's not the case as long as you are listening to your hunger and fullness and you're in a place where you can really trust that hunger and fullness. Because overeating would be pushing yourself to feel overly full and uncomfortable consistently when you eat. And so if you are running less, you're not going to be as hungry as when you're intensely training for a race. So. You don't have to try to micromanage and monitor your food. All you have to do is listen to what feels good and what you need. Okay, I, oh, I'm i sitting here with Cody now because he started barking and <laughs> so now he's going to chill with me. Um, Cody's my dog if you don't know. So that's important. Doing the body image work, giving yourself permission without exercise being a condition to earn food. And then when we think about the other positives you can get from running, the stress relief, the community, how can you find those things in other ways? So yes, those are amazing benefits. Those are reasons that I want you to get back to running and we need other things. So, you know, how can you find community with your running friends outside of running? Can you invite them to non-running activities? Can you spend non-running time together? Do you have communities Outside of your running community, you know. So, do you have friends from a book club or a? I was going to say sport running is a sport. That's a bad example. Um, Maybe a church or a temple or um, a knitting club or whatever. You know, do you have other networks in your life that you can tap into? Maybe people that you don't spend as much time with when you're training for something. And how can you lean on those communities? And then other ways to relieve stress. You know, what are the other things you do? Do you journal? Do you cook? Do you do puzzles? Do you call your friends? Like how can you lean into all your other tools? So those would be my tips for dealing with injury while um, running if you need to take a break. And if that is not what you're talking about, then please send me another DM and I can chat about another one. Okay. Took a brief hiatus um, from recording this to hop on a FaceTime call. And let's get into the next challenge that was submitted, which was finding balance in nutrition while training for a 50K. So first of all, amazing. That is a feat. A 50K is definitely a feat. Um, Balance in nutrition. So I'm not sure exactly what this person means if they're talking about fueling on the run or like balance in their diet overall, I think that balance is something people might struggle with while training for such a long race because you can get really hungry just over the whole training cycle. So I know in the past I have felt like, oh my gosh, I'm just so hungry all the time and so I'm just grabbing for whatever's quick and I keep eating so many carbs and I'm not getting enough balance in my diet. So if that's what you're talking about, I would say you definitely want to prioritize having adequate portions of protein at every single meal and fats, because those are what's really going to increase the satiety level. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah, of your meals. So you're going to feel more full and more satisfied when you have more protein and fats and then have the same amount of carbs. Like when you're training hard, you will have half your plate be carbs for a meal. That's totally okay. That doesn't mean it's unbalanced. Your body needs a lot of carbs when it's doing training like this. So that's super important. And then the other thing to remember is that your fuel on the run or even like pre-run fuel, that's not something that needs to create any sort of subtraction or compensation later in the day. Like having a snack before a run doesn't mean, okay, I already had a snack, so I'm going to take away an afternoon snack. No, that snack fueled your run so it's kind of like net neutral after the run and then you still need all your meals and snacks that you would have in a day. So hopefully that gives a little insight. And then for nutrition, like during your long runs, there's a lot we could get into. So I'm not going to dive into all the details and I would always, always recommend work with a dietitian. Um, the next challenge was finding time and motivation to plan and cook dinner. I mean, is this not the most relatable thing? I think every single client I work with struggles with this. I certainly go through times of struggling with this. And when we talk about especially motivation, because I think the motivation needs to come first in order to then create the time, you need to come back to your why. So why are you wanting to cook dinner more often? What is that going to do for you? How is that going to help you? And how can we make it enjoyable? So if you're meal prepping like chicken steamed broccoli and rice and it just feels so boring and unappealing and not exciting like yeah it's gonna be really hard to motivate to make those meals but if you find a recipe that you're excited about that reminds you of a restaurant you went to or a place that you traveled and it's like wow this sounds so good I can't wait to get in the kitchen and recreate this for myself it's gonna be easier to motivate to do that because it's connected to fun So definitely finding ways to make it interesting, ways to make food more tasty is going to be super important. And then connecting to your overall why, right? So why do you want to have home-cooked meals? Do you want to be prioritizing nutrient-dense foods and really increasing those? And you know that you feel really good in terms of your energy levels and digestion when you have balanced meals. Do you want to save money on eating out? And with that saved money, you're going to go on a vacation. like really connect to your big picture. And something I would recommend doing is writing down your definition of health. So when you think about yourself as a healthy person with a healthy lifestyle, what does that actually look like? What are the components of a healthy lifestyle for you? Not diet culture's definition of health, that's not going to help anybody, but how do you want to be living your life in a healthy way? And when you come up with that definition for yourself, again, it's just easier to connect to that motivation. So, hopefully, that helps. Um, The next challenge was balancing my love of running with chronic joint pain. This is super tough. And again, I don't have all the details. So, I would say you want to think about everything I shared related to injuries while training for a race, because if you have chronic pain, I don't know, there might be flare-ups, times where it is more challenging to deal with, times when it's less. So you might have times when you can run more versus running less. And on those times when you do need to pull back from running, do you have other tools to lean on? Do you have other ways to relieve stress, other ways to create community? Do you have other um, things that bring you joy and ways to exercise? You know, also bringing in some low-impact movement, that you enjoy you know have you tried yoga pilates and like trust me i get it those things are so different and they're hard and yes i did a whole yoga teacher training and i still sometimes have a racing mind during yoga and find it so hard to relax <laughs> and to like be present so totally get that um if that is a struggle for you but finding something that can work with the level of movement or exertion that feels comfortable for you when you are maybe having a flare. And maybe that's rest, you know, maybe that is like taking a bath and making that enjoyable instead of doing a workout. And that's totally okay. So really working with your body and adding tools to your toolbox to help you with all the things that running gives you, like to still give you all those positives. Um, The... The next one is not feeling full after my meals and waking up hungry. Okay, so talking about hunger cues. <clears throat> if you don't feel full after meals and if you wake up hungry, you are not eating enough. You are not eating enough. And that might be surprising because maybe you feel like, what, I'm eating too much, or, but I need to lose weight, or whatever. I have heard all of these things because I think every client I see comes to me thinking they're eating too much, but actually not eating enough. I have never had a client come to me and told them, oh, you need to eat less, or even like, yeah, this is enough. I think I've told every single person that they're not eating enough. So, I mean, I would really recommend working with a dietitian to get some individual feedback on your nutrition, but you really want to make sure you're having full portions of protein, carbs, fat, and a source of fiber, so fruit or vegetable. at every single meal as much as you can. Plus, you want to have snacks throughout your day. So if you don't feel full after your meals, then add something to the meals or increase the portion of the meals. I can't tell you exactly what or how much to increase things because I don't know the full picture. Um... But also, if you're not eating snacks, then definitely add in snacks. I needed a sip of water. So try those things. This is clearly a sign you're not eating enough. I don't know what your exercise looks like. Maybe you need more fuel for that. Um, Maybe you are cutting yourself off from food too early in the evening if you're waking up super hungry. I mean, it's normal to wake up hungry because we wake up and we need breakfast. So... That's okay. I would say when you wake up hungry, eat something for sure. Um and yeah, work with a dietician if you're able to to really get this on track. Um the next thing here is so so common. And I know it's a big struggle for a lot of people. This person says they've been eating normally for a few a few years and eat foods they like, but still always judge their food choices. And I hear this all the time. Like, well, I'm not restricting myself from these foods, but I still feel guilty every time I eat them. This is in a way a sign that you are moving in the right direction because the guilt is the disordered thinking still like having a voice here. And the fact that you're doing it anyway is amazing. You need to keep taking the action that you know is the healthy thing to do the intuitive eating thing to do, the recovery oriented thing to do, the thing that's going to like ultimately make you feel more mentally at peace. Um, And then the guilt is something to really challenge by following that train of thought. So when you eat, let's say Oreos, for example, and you're feeling guilty, like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have had that. That's too much sugar, whatever it is. Don't just let yourself sit with that thought, really challenge it. Ask yourself, be like a two year old and ask yourself why to every single thing. Why is that too much sugar? Um, because so my mom said so at some point. Okay, why did she say so? Well, because I don't know, that's just what she said. How was her relationship with food? Oh well she was on Weight Watchers and this didn't fit into her points, and so that's why she told me. Okay, so she was on a diet. You know, there pretty much always, probably always, is going to be something at the root of the logic if it's creating guilt, that's like not necessary guilt, which if you're feeling guilty about what you ate, I'm telling you that is not necessary. Follow that logic until you find the flaw, until you find the diet culture influence, until you find an untrustworthy source, because there is something at the root of it that just isn't what you need to hear. And again, like I mentioned earlier, bring it back to your definition of health. So When you define for yourself what healthy means, and hopefully it means a balance of mostly nutritious, nutrient dense foods, as well as flexibility to have pleasurable foods when you want them. If that's your definition of health, why do you need to feel guilty about the flexibility to allow those pleasurable foods? You know, like you wanna move away from thinking and feeling the things that come up when you are influenced by diet culture and you want to move towards feeling the way you will feel when you're influenced by your own values and your own North Star and your own perception of what health really means. So I would also recommend doing that exercise. Um, The – I think I have a few more here. Okay, so the other – Two that are left are both about weight gain. One was accepting weight gain, knowing that I can't do anything about it. Another one was feeling confident in my body as it gains back pounds after probably being too thin. So, with weight gain, a question to answer that can be really helpful is what am I gaining besides weight? So, when you're trying to accept your body in a size that you don't necessarily feel super comfortable with, If that is weight that is coming from eating intuitively and having a more positive relationship with food, then that's probably weight that you needed to gain. So if it's helping you heal your relationship with food, it's also probably giving you other positive benefits. And can you connect to those? I always tell my clients, you know, when they're saying like, oh, well, I know that I can't lose weight now that I'm eating intuitively. That's not true. You can. You could Go back to trying to lose weight, but you're choosing not to. Why are you choosing not to? There are solid reasons there. You probably know okay, if I were to focus all my effort on weight loss, I would have to restrict certain foods. I would have to cut out food groups. I would probably have to exercise more than I am. I would have to skip the dinner out with my friend or bring my own food or order differently and just spend so much more time thinking about food and I would be stressed about it. And like, it would have all of these mental um, like side effects, I guess, these repercussions that would be so stressful and just not enjoyable. So is that really how you want to feel versus when I accept the weight, I can also accept the fact that I have gained more peace, more mental freedom, more flexibility, more presence in my relationships more presence in my life and the ability to fully experience and enjoy the experiences that I have. What are those other benefits? And can you be accepting of those? If you can't accept the weight gain, can you accept, okay, but I like my lifestyle better this way. And hopefully there are positives that you can connect to there. So I hope that is helpful. Um, that is what I will say about those challenges. Thank you so much for submitting them. I really love to know what's on your mind, what's hard, what your wins are, um, and just what's going on so that we can really be connected and I can be serving you as best I can. So let me know if you like this episode. Let me know if you listened again. DM me the cupcake emoji, please. Honestly, if I get one cupcake DM, I will like probably cry tears of joy. I'll be so happy. Uh, maybe I won't cry, but I'll be really happy. So please, please do if you're listening. And if you have ideas for future podcasts, let me know. Follow me on Instagram at Michelle Pilipich Nutrition. And you can also follow me on TikTok at Michelle Pilipich. My website is Michellepilipitch.com. And myself as well as my two associate dietitians, Kelly and Emily are accepting new clients. So if you listened to this episode and you feel like, you know what, I am ready to actually take control of my relationship with food, please reach out. I will have a link in the show notes to a free discovery call, which is a like 15, 20 minute call with me. We can hop on the phone, chat about what you're working on, talk about how I practiced, see if it might be a good fit and then what it would look like to work together. It is no commitment, zero pressure, just a chance to talk to me in real time and ask all the questions you have. So please book that call if you're interested so that we can get you feeling really good about food, about your body, about your life, because you do not need to be struggling if you are right now. So I hope you'll reach out. Um, Send me that DM and I will see you in the next episode. And there you have it. That is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. If you did, I would love to hear what's resonating for you. Send me a DM on Instagram or share the episode to your stories and tag me so that I can see that you're listening and hopefully loving it. You can also share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy it and spread some intuitive eating love to everyone around you. As always, five-star ratings and reviews are so appreciated, so you can drop me one of those. Be sure to also check out the show notes for all the links that I mentioned and more information on myself and my nutrition private practice. Other than all that, I hope you have a great day and a great week, and I will catch you in the next episode.